Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm just glad to be back in the co-pilot seat. Because <laughs> last week you were here, huh? Yes, I was. I was yeah. in the pilot seat. But you did a great job. Well, thank you. It was a fun show. How so, are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks good. for asking. Everything's right. going well. Today, Jeff, I'm just going to jump right into it, if that's okay. Do. Yeah. We're going to talk today about fish oil. Are you okay with that? It sounds like a fish story to me. <laughs> fish oil. So uh, I'm going to share some information that, incidentally comes from the Active Times online magazine. It's an article that was written by Dan Myers, and I just want to touch on some things that you might find interesting about fish, fish oil, oil as a supplement. As a supplement, not, not, yeah. not for the fish, but for me. Not for the fish, but from the fish. Because the fish aren't very happy about giving up their oil. <laughs> well, I, they probably have an opinion on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. About 10% of Americans take an omega-3 supplement like fish oil on a right. fairly regular basis. Right. That's according to a Harvard Medical School study that they did. The omega-3 fatty acids that you can find in fish oil are actually essential for normal growth and development as well as helping to reduce inflammation in mm -hmm. our bodies, which is a good thing. It is. Omega-3s also help in maintaining brain function. The prevention, which is also good. Which is also good. Yes. The prevention of macular degeneration is something that they're good at. They help with the pain of rheumatoid arthritis. And they even uh, help in the protection against Alzheimer's disease as well as dementia. So it's definitely something that you should consider uh, as a supplement, especially as you're, as you're aging, as you turn over 50, it's something you should take a look mm -hmm. at. Uh, on top of that, omega-3 deficiencies, if you don't have enough of them, can lead to cancer, cardiovascular disease, and other ailments. But like anything, as it relates to health and wellness, the exact science behind omega-3s is a little bit complicated. Well, yeah. Uh, the most important thing to know, though, Jeff, is that it's one of the good fats, the quote-unquote good fats. Yeah and that our bodies cannot produce it on our own. So we have to take it in somehow. Uh, if you're not a fish eater and think that taking a fish oil supplement could be good for your health, then as always, you want to make sure that you talk to your doctor right. before you start a regimen. But it's something that you may want to consider or take a look at. And I want to just, like I said, share just a few things about fish oil that uh, you ought to be aware of. Okay. The first one. It's a good treatment for high blood triglyceride levels. Really? Yeah. So if you have high triglyceride levels, which basically means that you have too much fat in your blood, and having too much fat in your blood can lead to stroke and to other ailments. So Bad you don't things, you yes. don't want too much no, fat in your no. blood. According to one 2013 study, taking 3.4 grams of omega-3s per day for one month lowered blood triglyceride levels by as much as 25 to 50 percent. Wow, that's a lot. So that's a significant it is. Uh, amount. So so there's some good things that we're talking about when we, we think about omega-3s. Is that why you see fat polar bears? Probably. Another thing to consider when you come to uh, fish oils, it's important to read the label. There yes. are many different types of fish oils that are on the market, but you should always look for one that mentions that it's reached the GOED standard for purity, or at least that it's been tested by a third party. Basically, you want to make sure that you're getting what you're trying to get well, yeah. in its most pure form. That makes sense. And you always want to read a label anytime you take a supplement. That's yeah, just a good practice. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Uh, they found that, generally speaking, taking fish oil supplements doesn't have major side effects, but as with any time you're consuming straight fat, you 
uh, might be reaching for a bottle of Tums. It might cause a little bit of stomach discomfort. It should also be noted that if you have a bleeding condition or take medicines that can increase bleeding, you should definitely talk to your doctor before you take an omega-3 supplement. And uh, along those lines, Jeff, if you're not a big fan of what they call fish burps... Yeah, well, I I was going to bring that up, but I I bit my tongue on that one, (laughs) but yeah. Which, you know, really, who is a fan of fish burps, My cat might be. Oh, your cat. Maybe your cat. Maybe the polar bear that we were talking about earlier. But (laughs) anyway, if if you're not a big fan of them, you might want to consider keeping your capsules in the freezer because uh, freezing them will cause them to release the oil lower down on your digestive tract, and that might help mitigate the... The fishy aftertaste. But but doesn't that create fish something else? I'm not even going to comment on that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I don't know the answer. But I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally, moving right along, Jeff, eating fish is still the best way to get your fish oil. Yes, it is. That's, that's the way to do it. So just like popping powdered vegetables in pill form isn't quite as nutritious as just eating the vegetables. Or as fun. Or as fun. I know you like your vegetables. It's just a good thing. Uh, But taking even the highest quality of fish oil that's available on the market won't have the same advantage as eating the fish itself, like salmon or mackerel, a few times a week. Because here's the deal. Fish doesn't just contain healthy fat, which it does. That's what we're talking about. But it also contains vitamins and minerals, and all of that works together to provide you with the most complete natural source of omega-3s. So don't shy away from the fish, especially the fatty fish, like they say the salmon and the the mackerel, those mm-hmm. are good for you. Yep. Something you like to eat or not so much? Well, yeah. I, I, when, I actually do like salmon. I don't, I've never known that I have ever had mackerel, mackerel. But, but I've definitely had salmon. Yeah, I, I like salmon as well. When it's when it's uh, when I have a, an opportunity to eat it, I mm-hmm. I like salmon too. Today's guest, Jeff, might actually have an opinion on I fish oil. She may. Uh, Julie Hansen is a registered dietitian as well as an exercise physiologist. She graduated from Kansas State University and then got a master's degree in exercise science from Colorado State University. Currently, Julie teaches nutrition classes for Weber State University, and uh, we're excited to welcome you to the show. Julie, how are you? I'm good. Good. So yes. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. I, I, I thought as I looked at this intro that you might have an opinion on fish oil and fish oil yes. as a supplement. Yes. So My I'm, husband really has an opinion on it because okay. he did some of his research on it. But um, yes, I do think fish oil is a very good thing to add to your diet. And um, they do have the enteric coated fish oil that is going to make those burps a little less um, noticeable. Okay. <laughs> and also keeping it in the freezer might help too. So, um, yeah, so I think in... that's, like you said, probably one of the hard things about it. Yeah. But generally speaking, you're in favor of it. Yes, I am. So everything, mm-hmm. everything I said, the benefits yep. that come with it, as, as well as some of right. the, you know, some of the other warning signs, uh, all of that rings true to you as a, as a dietitian. Yes. And I agree with checking with your doctor, some medications, you just like, you know, blood thinners and stuff like that. You just need to make sure that's okay. So, yeah, and that, and that's yeah. what the article really focused on is especially mm-hmm. those blood thinners or or any bleeding condition. That's that's something you want to take a look at. Right. But, but anyway, uh, right. So uh, I guess a, a check mark or a, a thumbs up for yeah, fish oil supplements. Thumbs up, well, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. and then also a plug for the dogs because our uh, German shepherds had very dry skin, so we had to give them fish oil to help with their dry skin. Did they eat right, the and fish it's oil? also an anti-inflammatory. So that's what my husband did his research in: is fish oil and arthritis in dogs. Okay. Oh, so, actually, in dogs. Interesting, but it helps with humans as well. We found. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. 
Well, let's move on past the fish oil. I think we've I think we've uh, swum up. We, we've we've, up we've fished this one enough. out. Yeah, we fished fish that one out. So uh, yeah. again, Julie, we're we're excited to visit with you, and thanks for joining us today. What what we want to talk with you today a little bit about is eating, but more importantly, the timing of eating. I've uh, yes. I've seen a little bit of research, and there is some some studies that are going on out there that say that when you eat might be as important as what you eat. Right. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah. <laughs> I personally find if I mean, I'm awake, it's a good time to eat. A lot of people, yeah. The, the mindset seems to be that eating before bed causes weight gain. Um, some ideas about that are that your metabolism slows down and it causes calories to be stored as fat. Um, not so fast. <laughs> yeah, because I... I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that. Of course, you know. I've I've, I've seen that. I've read that. Yeah. I've I've in my mind. I've reasoned that out. That it's gotta like, be true. My mommy told me. Yeah. If you're gonna eat something and then you immediately go and lay down for eight hours, uh, it, it seems like it might cause more problems than if you eat something and then you go do something active. You know. But you're saying right. you're saying that's right. not necessarily the case. Yeah. I I kind of have a yes no maybe uh, okay. kind okay. of example. If you <laughs> very will. decisive, I see. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, um, well, I, you know, I've even had clients tell me, too, that they're afraid, like, food doesn't metabolize the same way when they're lying down versus standing up. And one thing I do want to say is that our GI tracts are pretty darn efficient. And if we, even, we were even standing on our heads, that our, um, we have this thing called peristalsis that happens in our esophagus, and it would totally work even if we're standing on our heads to move food through our GI tract. So okay. the position is not a problem. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. E- eating something and then laying down and yeah. taking a nap is not going to make your food digest differently. Yes. Okay. Correct. That's good to know because so, I've also heard I've also heard that that makes a difference as well. So uh-huh. it's good to dispel some yeah. of these and myths I, that are out there. Yeah. But I do think there are some things to think about. You know, with the before you go to bed. So I I I'm going to start with the part about yes, I think it's a good idea. Let's talk about it. So I think. For some of us, you know, I know the older I get, the earlier I eat dinner. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's a trend that we yeah. observe. <laughs> or lunch or breakfast, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and some people may eat, yeah, a really early dinner. So, if you're going to, if it's going to be three to four hours before you go to bed, you know, you might need a little something. Something around 200 calories might really fit the bill. Because it's hard to sleep if you're hungry. I know I can't sleep if I'm hungry. And so, maybe something like a piece of fruit, yogurt, cottage cheese. Um, actually, kind of a fun fact are that cherries and kiwi um kind of contain some chemicals that are a few source natural sources of melatonin which okay. melatonin is a is a compound that can help us sleep so kiwi and cherries kind of can promote that so there's wow. that to think about so so know, a couple of hundred fun. that's a fun fact a couple of hundred calories, mm-hmm. couple of hundred calories. just yeah, before you go to bed and yeah yeah so maybe and i you know i think yogurt's a nice snack because it's in a container there's not you know unless you're going to eat you know container after container of yogurt, you're probably not going to overeat that. So I kind of like that. Um, I like a little bit of protein in there as well. Um, So again, it may, and and then the other thing too, I think sometimes there's this, there's this mentality of, oh, I eat dinner and then I can't eat again. Sometimes that's a bummer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially as you said, if you are 
if you have a tendency to eat a little bit earlier, because you're right, if you're eating dinner at mm-hmm. five o'clock and you're going to bed at ten thirty mm-hmm. or so, you're pretty hungry. We used to with my kids, we used to call that a bed night snack. I don't. I there think, you go. I think the kids are the ones who coined that phrase, but we still use that at our house. I love that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, we've you know we've we have a tradition of having a little something just before bedtime when they were little, and now that they're adults and and grown up. Um, I have to admit that my, my wife and I continue the bed night snack tradition on occasion. Yeah. 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 And I think it's also important as an athlete that if you're going to exercise first thing in the morning, it may help fuel you for that. Okay. So having a snack and I think about that myself, if I'm going to do a long run the next morning, gosh, I'm going to have a little something before I go to bed for sure. Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'm not, but I just want that in my stomach for when I get up, I still will probably have a little something before I go run, but it does kind of help um, keep that nourishment going. So, and especially for those of you guys that are doing any strength training, you know, having a little protein before bed too is kind of a nice idea. So, again, that's where the yogurt, cottage cheese, maybe even a small protein drink, could something like that could be helpful. Okay, I like that. You're listening to the Huntsman yeah. World Senior Games Active Life, and we're talking to Julie Hansen. She's a registered dietitian, and we're talking a little bit about the timing of when we eat. And uh, we're talking specifically about eating at nighttime. You said you have a yes, no, maybe approach to that, and we've just talked right. about the yes right. part. Right, we kind of went through the yes. Yeah, there are some uh-huh. benefits to doing it. Uh, let's move on to the no. Why, why would we want to avoid okay. it? Well, one of the first things that is I think of as a medical condition, and those of you guys that have acid reflux, I'm sure you've been told this, to avoid eating two to three hours before you go to bed so or lying down. And so that is because, again, when you're in that position, that reflux can happen. And so um, there is that condition. And so that's, that's, again, not a good idea. The other idea I have about this is not a great idea is I think sometimes people get in the habit of just eating mindlessly at night. You know, that's the time of evening where you're not working. And so eating is doing something. Sometimes people have a hard time not doing anything. Um, So um, I guess it's called productivity shame. (laughs) 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 It's unproductive shame, I guess, is what, what that seems to be. People just have a hard time. And so... So well, and also the proximity. Kind of get through the evening. As you say, the proximity to your food is. I mean, you're right home in your home. You've got your food, your refrigerator, your pantry right there. It's very accessible. Where at work, unless somebody else, you know, unless you're raiding somebody else's pantry, you usually don't have a lot of stuff right there at hand at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so maybe you haven't also you haven't eaten enough during the day, and so you come home and you're just famished, and so that could lead to eating large amounts of food at night, and so that's. I think that's where the research is kind of showing that's not a great idea. Um, Some of the research I've seen, too, is where they they divide people into different groups. And one group, they fed them most of their calories, you know, before 4 o'clock. And then the other group, they fed them after 4 o'clock. And so the ones that ate later tended to gain more weight just because of that. So, I mean, there is something to the timing of it, but I think it's, it's, not an all or nothing. There's there's a little bit of gray area there. Um, and and if, again, it's if you're not hungry, just stay out of the kitchen. You know, I think that's <laughs> something to, to look at. You know, kind of when you're in proximity to that food, that's going to make you want to eat it. It's going to be in your mind a little bit more. So you're going to want to to eat that. So it's it's very interesting how cl- how physically close you are to that food as well. 
And it seems like maybe it's not necessarily uh, 100% associated to the timing of it, but it's just, as you said, the, the tendency to overeat and overindulge and that, mm-hmm. that mindlessness mm-hmm. that can, you know, kind of overtake us, especially at nighttime. We're tired. Our resistance is maybe down a little bit. Uh, it's very easy to just, you know, instead of, you know, grab a, a, a bag of carrots or a handful of carrots or an apple mm-hmm. or a banana, grab that bag of chips. And then before you know it, you've watched, you know, seven episodes of whatever your favorite TV show is and that bag no longer exists. Like it's just been entirely right. consumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's a habit rather than a physical need. And I think that's the part that people kind of have to work on. And it's hard because it, it really is a strong habit. Like it's not that easy, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think we so can it's all just relate. to be aware of. I think right? we can all relate to some degree uh, of that concept of mindless eating and how fast it can just kind of overtake you and how how many calories you can consume without even really giving it that much thought. Right. And so things that are in, you know, prepackaged, so eating out of large containers, so like eating out of a bag of chips is probably not a good idea. Bad idea. If you wanted chips, I'd put them on a plate, handful on a plate, put the bag away. And that way, if you wanted more, you actually have to physically get up and go get it. So again, the further away we are from the food source, you know, we're kind of lazy a yeah. little bit. <laughs> the less likely we are to go get it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, so, some, yeah. some of us uh, uh, will find that will to get up yes. and get some more, right? Or you can rationalize it that I'm exercising going to get more food. So, you know, burning those calories that I just ate. So, you know, you can rationalize, rationalize a little bit. You do some lunges on the way, right? Jeff? That's right. There you go. There you go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. so that makes a lot of sense. And, and again, it feels like the, the timing element of it for me is uh, just because of, you know, the, the fatigue and just being tired. And again, your, your resistance mm-hmm. and maybe your, your common sense is, is you know kind of taking a little bit of a break because you've had a the, a full day of whatever it is work or or exercise or whatever it is, so yeah that that makes mm-hmm. sense to me you know I, I I understood all the yes things that you said that made sense to me I also think I can relate to and and understand the the no part of it and the reason why you'd want to at least be careful about eating at nighttime what's the maybe part so the maybe kind of goes in with the yes a little bit so the maybe goes in with are you physically hungry. And do you need to fuel for your next day's activity? So I think that's where the maybe and the yes kind of blend. Um, so that giving yourself that permission to go, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um, if I'm hungry, I need to pay attention to that. So again, especially if you guys were getting close to those senior games and you want your body to be in what we call an anabolic state building, you don't want it to be breaking down right now. So right. if you're hungry, that means you probably need that fuel. And so, again, for most of my athletes, I do recommend they probably, again, use that 200-calorie rule, you know, see if that's very satisfying for them. That could probably be your, your guideline there. Kind of sounds to me like you really need to analyze, is it boredom or is it truly hunger that, you know, what, exactly. what's, what's my motivation for mm-hmm. eating right now? Yeah, and even mm-hmm. even if it's yeah. hunger or, uh, as you said, Julie, um You've got something going on the next day that you're trying to fuel for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's a reason, yeah, I keep that in mind a lot. Yeah, yeah. If there's a reason, again, we're just trying to avoid that mindless eating that we've talked about. But if there's right. a reason, then then hey, maybe maybe uh, you know a little 200 calorie snack at the end of the day is not such a bad idea. So no, so you mentioned no. kiwi and and cherries as a, a good 
choice because of the melatonin content that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Give mm-hmm. us a little bit more, uh, another couple of examples. And you mentioned the yogurt too, but uh, 200 calories is, is what? Like how much, how much is 200 calories? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, like I think if you had a half a cup of cottage cheese with some fruit, that would fit the bill. Some of these, like those premier protein drinks are like 160, you know, sometimes that's nice. Um, you know, depending on if you can do dairy, like a cup of milk with, I mean, you can even have some crackers with that. You could have a couple of cookies. That's not going to, you know, again, if you're an athlete and you've got to fuel up, that's going to be fine. Um, maybe even a toast um, with some peanut butter on it would be good too. So, um, and even um, a quarter cup of nuts could do that also. Now, Julie, most of us are pretty naive when it comes to what a calorie looks like. So my wife, my wife likes to guilt me when I grab a couple of cookies. You realize you're eating 400 calories right there, and and I think that maybe she's trying to make me feel guilty, but I don't really believe her, so I eat them anyway. So yeah, so yeah. Let, let's yeah. break it down well, maybe a little that, further. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's the break it down a little bit further. Can help, yeah, yeah, right. Like well, the food label can well, help. Unless they're homemade. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so so I think usually like um, I don't know how big are the cookies? Two and a half inches, maybe three inches. Yeah, probably about two and a half inches. Going to be around eighty to ninety calories, probably. So going to be close, maybe. Oh, so to she's 100. telling the truth. Darn it! <laughs> Darn it! Darn it! Yeah. Or I've even seen people also like if you do drink milk, sometimes they can consume like four cups of milk in one sitting. Like, right. it, you know, so pay attention to maybe to, you know, how much milk you're consuming. I don't know. Do you have milk with your cookies, Jeff? Not not usually. I just usually, because I'm oh, trying okay. to sneak it when my wife's not watching. Milk requires <laughs> me to get something out of the refrigerator, you know, and, and sit, put it in a cup where I can just grab the cookies and run outside, you know. Just kidding, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so... Um, yeah, because sometimes people do have milk and cookies. And so, again, you, you might just want to, if you're concerned about the calorie level, maybe you need to, maybe some of you need to gain weight. And so maybe it's not a big deal, but it seems like most people are trying to, you yeah, know, be a little careful with that. So that's maybe not, measuring your beverages too might help that, just to get a rough me. idea. <laughs> that's not usually the case that some of us need to gain weight. But, not but, but you know, usually. you never know. You not never know. usually, no. <laughs> I think the thing that's interesting uh, about that that we've just been talking about is the, how much is an actual serving size, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that we generally, Mm -hmm. especially here in America, really have no concept or idea of what a serving size actually is. Uh, A lot of that Mm -hmm. is just determined by Mm -hmm. how big your plate is, you know? So what fits on the plate is, Mm -hmm. is my serving. I know during times when I've tried to actually follow the, 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 the packaging guidelines on what a serving size is, I've almost always been shocked at how small it is. Right, right. And, and um, it, it's a place to start. And I, and I think, you know, like a cup of pasta, a cup of rice, you know, starting with that, you know, three to four ounces of meat, a cup or two of vegetables, like that's a great dinner plate, I think. Right. And, um, and starting with that to see, okay, does this fill me up? Do I need more? Um, is always a great, great way to look at it too. You know, I do, th- I agree with you that we do get used to eating a certain amount yeah, and then we don't even think about it, you know? So yeah, portions are, are interesting. Yeah. 
Well, Julie, thank you. That's the time that we have to visit with you, but we sure okay. appreciate you All being right. with us as well as your, your expertise. Okay. Very informative. So, so we've learned yeah. that eating at night isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you just want to be conscious and, and uh, you know, make sure that you're doing it the right way. Right. Right. Wonderful. Julie, thank you again so much for joining us. Okay. So, thank you. So, Jeff, I want to really emphasize a point that I'm going to make right now. Okay. And I've, I've made it many, many times, but I'm going to make it once again. Registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is officially closing on September 1st. But, but, but there's a reprieve. Because of the weekend and the Labor Day holiday, we're actually going to grant a short reprieve. Registration will close this year at the end of the day on September 3rd. Which is Tuesday. Which is Tuesday. And we are on track, Jeff, for a participation record, which is fantastic. But you got to hurry. Don't wait too long. Don't wait till after the third because it's too late then. Registering is very easy to do. Just visit seniorgames.net and click on register. The process is simple. It's fast. It's secure. And before you know it, you'll be ready to become one of more than 11,000 athletes who will compete this year at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Jeff, it's also time to register as a volunteer for the it games. It is, it is. It's also very easy to do. All you got to do is visit that website, seniorgames.net, and click on the volunteer. There are tons of volunteer opportunities that include both helping with sports as well as helping in some of our non-sport areas. There are tons of benefits to volunteering, and we could really use your help. So hit seniorgames.net and register to volunteer today. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And you can, of course, subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day is from Olympic gold medalist Jordan Burroughs. He says, to get better, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You can't do the same thing you've always done and improve. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.